Welcome to the Business Big Bang Theory, a podcast from the Business Centre where we talk about all things small business. My name is Steve Waite. I'll be your host for today. For those of you that don't know the Business Centre, we're a not-for-profit organisation in existence for 35 years with a history of helping small businesses through providing business advice, practical education, in collaboration with industry experts such as Justin, who we have today, but also in partnership with local, state and federal government and small business programs. It is with the support of the New South Wales Government's Business Connect program that we are able to bring you this small business disruption webcast today on innovation. And our special guest for today, expert, is Justin Hales, who is the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of innovative peer-to-peer caravan hire and caravan sharing community Campify. A locally grown technology startup, the idea of Campify was born and based on Justin's experience on family holidays as a child, and Campify was able to be launched due to the support of the Slingshot Accelerator Program in conjunction with the NRMA. Now, Campify can be described as Airbnb for caravans, motorhomes, camper vans and camper trailers. And Campify, and Justin talks about this as a community, connects owners with hirers in a safe and secure environment. So in only a few years, Justin has skillfully navigated the commercialisation journey of building a new product, recruiting a large team of talented people and raising enough capital to now dominate the Australian market and now enter the new markets, including Spain, France, the UK and New Zealand. Now, we're going to have a discussion. We went back and forth on this before we started today. And we're, we're going to look at innovation in sort of three themes. And I'm just going to walk us through those at the moment. That'll be the way that which we'll have our conversation okay. and give us a chance to get an insight into your head as a, an entrepreneur, an innovator, a person that created a business from nothing. And, and then taking that through so we can give people a sense of that. Well, what's that like now in mm. the environment we're in now? And, and how does that look into the future? For sure. So the first thing we're looking at has been uh, I thought we'd set this scene around uh, three areas. The first one is discussion of the question of the Chinese word for crisis or wei qi, which in crisis there is always the seed of opportunity. So following this, this Chinese word or, or, or the word for Chinese uh, in crisis, it has two elements. So crisis in, in Chinese has two symbolic elements, danger and opportunity. So that suggests that no matter the difficulty or the circumstances, no matter how dangerous something is, there is always on the other side of that opportunity. So that's mm. the first thing we're going to look at. The second is a little bit more around economic theory and Schumpeterian theory of disruption and destruction in industrial markets. And that concept of early rents. And we've seen that in, in the last 10 to 15 years with technology, of course, and Uber would be a key example of that, a disrupted uh, marketplace, but now people have come in mm. to that marketplace and Uber is no longer alone there, there are competitors, but it did take some early rents, it took some early opportunity. And then the third theme, which I love in the slide that we've illustrates that is don't build something without a sense of how it's going to be used. And I know you've got mm. some really interesting insights from how you built your mm. business. Sure. But first, I think it would be useful, and it's the first question we always ask everyone that we're in this disruption series. For you, you know, what have been the impacts on you at this time, this whole exercise? What's been the impact on you personally, yeah. in your business, your business models? What's it been like? Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Obviously, uh, operating a business that's um, primarily focused on tourism. Yep. Um, and we kind of, um, we saw it in stages because, yep. uh, you know, we'd, we'd obviously operate in the UK, uh, we op operate in 
we were just setting up to begin in Spain for the wow. summer. And so, uh, you know, we kind of saw the Spanish impact first. So of course. we started to see that you know, there was something happening there. So how did um, that manifest? I mean, so uh, we have employees in Spain. So, you know, they were telling us about, you know, what's happening in, in the Spanish market and, yeah. um, you know, what, you know, the government was sort of providing information to them, how fast things were sort of happening in yes. that market as well. Yes. So, you know, we very quickly saw that and thought, oh, gee, this is going to have a, a big impact on mm. us and what will happen if it goes to the UK was the next thought then. Yeah. So you'd set up in the UK previous to Yeah, Spain, we've been in the UK you? for about two years. Right. Um, so I was in the UK in, in February as, you know, the, I think, uh, the last week I was there, the sort of first case came to the UK. Mm. And, uh, you know, just being in the UK um, at that time, it, it was pretty obvious that once it got to the UK, it was going to spread very quickly. Yeah, okay. Um, and then similar things were going to happen in the UK um, to what had happened in Spain in yes. terms of, you know, lockdowns okay. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. we could kind of see that happening a little bit. Um, and we could see that that was going to affect our markets. Uh, we, and um, we probably didn't predict, or I certainly didn't, one of our other, mm. um, our COO mm. probably predicted it, that it would happen here as well, yeah. um, as much of an impact. So, you know, we've sort of gone from, uh, you know, a, a business that was um, doubling and doubling and doubling, you know, sort of mm. um, every month we double our previous year mo year's month at least yep. and, uh, and continue to grow, yep. you know, to a business that's basically on pause. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, it's been interesting sort of navigating that process and, mm. you know, navigating that as, as we um, dealt with, you know, both, you know, employees that... Yep. Um, we're very much um, a team that's grown, you know, all similar age group, yep. all grown very fast, yeah. all very friendly with each other, yeah. all loved being in the office together. Yes. Um, you know, to being saying, well, you can't come into the office anymore, you've got to wow. work from home. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, dealing with, so dealing with that is the first part. Yes. But still being able to operate. Yes. Um, and then making the decision early to say that, mm. hey, we think um, we're going to get lockdowns happen mm -hmm. and so we need to start building some tech to be able to cope with that so okay we, so we had to build some so you had to adapt we had to build some yeah. things into the in the platform that we hadn't built before right with a sort of preemption that that may happen what types of so um probably the, one of the biggest things we had to build really quickly was um around our credits and refund system of course so, um, our credits and refunds were, were quite manual before. Yes. Every time we did a refund, because we didn't do one very often. Yeah, because um, you were working in quite a successful yeah, model. Correct. Yeah, correct. So, uh, you know, it was quite manual for us to do that. You yep. know, it was probably two or three team members had to touch every refund. Right. Um, so we saw that that may happen, so we decided we needed to, you know, spin our tech into some of those areas faster. So essentially automate some of those transactions. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we did that quite early. So, yep. you know, we did that sort of late February and... And then we, the first state that we saw affected was um, Tasmania. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we had a huge amount of people going to Tasmania for Easter. Mm. Uh, and as soon as that state lockdown happened, within uh, about five minutes of it being announced that there was a lockdown, we mm. instantly gave all of our customers credits. Okay. So yep. they, they instantly had a credit yep. and then they could contact us if they wanted to get a refund. So yep. Yep. we had so, a lot of people, so about 75% of people said, yeah, I'm fine with okay. credit because I want to be able to travel in the future, yeah. and I'll just re, I'll just re-adjust um, my days yeah. to when I go away. Yeah. But then you know we had a lot of people that you know were coming from overseas. You know they have no we have no idea when that's going to happen. Mm. So you know coming from 
uh, you know, Spain or mm. you know, France or you know, yeah. other countries in Europe or wherever it may be, the US. Yeah. Yeah. So for those people, you know, we had to go and you know, issue them a refund. Yeah. That was a bit of manual processing in there. Yeah. Uh, but then it's also sort of communicating back with our network and our community of people that- On the other um, side. On the, the other platform, side, yeah. platform who, you know, for so, for so long have, yeah. you know, started out as uh, people who, you know, were just doing this as a little side gig yeah. into now it's their small business. Yes. And, yes. and all of a sudden their small business is gone. Yes. Um, because you can't travel anymore. And they're an essential component of how this Correct. all works, aren't they? And, and, and they, are, you know, unlike us, they have- hard assets they own, they have finance for those assets, yeah. they have, you know, they're, they're a small family that's relying on, on this income coming in. Yeah. Um, and not only had we has it stopped, yep. then we had to refund as well. Mm. So, you know, dealing with those customers has been challenging and, mm. and, you know, for us it's been trying to put things in place that we can help them out with. Mm. So, you know, we've done lots of things around helping uh, you know, writing letters for them to give to their finance companies. Yes. So their yes. finance companies understand that yes. this caravan or RV yes. or whatever it is they've purchased yes. is not something they use personally. Yes. It's something that's used for an income generation. Yes. And so here's a statement on how much income they generated in the last 12 yeah. months to yeah. be able to show that to them. So this so it's, this yeah. whole event is, is cascaded oh, very, yeah, throughout your, your, your business model. Yep. Tell me if you're able to, before we kind of get onto your origin story as a, as a startup, and you know, I guess you're very much an early stage, gone beyond an early stage venture now, but very much um, you know, startup philosophy methodology still embedded within you. But before we go there, have you got any insights, or have you? Have, can you give us a sense of, of some of the the measures of government to help startups or early stage companies? Have, have you been able to execute anything there? Or, or uh, we we probably haven't because we you know we've been around for about about five years now. Yeah. But you know I've certainly uh, you know been staying in contact with lots of the startup. Sort of, um, yeah, because I know that you're there. quite connected to a lot of other startups as a mentor. Yeah, so yeah. you know, I think people that are you know, generating revenue mm. and can show that revenue, you know, yeah. they've been able to get some things back. Yeah, people that are pre-revenue, yeah. very difficult. Yeah, um, uh, and you know, a lot of startups, you know, like I've been through this journey myself. You sort mm. of have a uh, a thought that you might be pre-revenue for six months, mm. and then you know, during that time, you're building software, you're yeah. building customer feedback, you're mm. building models, all that kind mm. of stuff, mm. um, with a view that you're gonna raise some capital mm. and then, you know, mm. launch your, your platform. Mm. That time frame is-, is Elongated or, yeah. or trun truncated, one Correct. of the two. Yeah. So, you know, you probably now, instead of being that six month yeah. pre-revenue time, you might be 12 months. Which we were talking before, and we were talking last week about Airbnb, how they'd gone to the market and raised a billion. Mm. And there's, there's going to definitely be opportunities, and mm. we'll talk about that sure. in, a, in a moment, um, but the runway is certainly different, isn't it? You're going to have to recalibrate. The runway's, runway's going to be massively affected, and yeah. you know, I deal a lot with people in the capital market as, at the moment, yep. and they're not as willing to take a bet on a early stage company mm. unless it's something that is directly going to be have some impact. So pictures now. are going to have to be really clearly articulated Correct. and that's thought right. out. Exactly. They? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, if you can, if you've got an established company that's got an established customers, that's mm. got some long-term vision, mm. um, that can see a path through this, mm. then there's capital there for you. Yeah. Yep. If you're a company that was kind of more pre-COVID mm. world mm. and the journey back to that norm you know, is unknown at this stage. Yeah. And there's no sort of, this is how we're going to operate and yeah. make this really work in yeah. this current environment now. Yeah. That's going to be difficult for capital. Yeah. 
Now we've got live questions that come through. We'll get to those as we go along, but I want to kind of come back a little bit to you and I guess your, uh, you know, your origin story. Mm. So perhaps you could just give us a sense of that and we've spoken about this before, your whiteboard and, and ideas and that you'd had a previous startup. Can you just give us a sense of that? And then we'll come to this, this notion of Wei Chi and danger and opportunity about the whole startup, you know, mindset. So just give us a bit of a sense of your, you know, how Camplify was born and what, sure. what it came from and how you got there. Yeah, so I was in an, uh, another um, mining-based startup. So, um, you know, we were a... Um uh, a small mining software company um, that was really on the at the start of kind of uh, implementing software to replace spreadsheets in that world. We um, very early listed on the stock exchange, um, probably too early, but um, it, it all worked out. And then uh, we then uh, eventually sold the business. So, you know, I, I when it left that business when it was just about 12 months after it was sold. Yep. And, you know, at that stage, I was looking for sort of something to to do myself um, yeah. and um, you know sort of had the the idea of Camplify. Well tell me the story of how you went for a walk. Yeah it was, it was very um, the whole thing evolved very quickly um, yeah. and so you know it's just all, all the sort of planets aligned as well so you know my wife essentially said to me um, hey I'd love to go on a yeah. camping holiday I'm not going to stay in a tent I yeah. have to stay in a, in a motorhome or a caravan yeah. uh, I want to take our dog with us yeah. um, Go and sort that out for me. <laughs> so, um, I, I necessity, I yeah, mother invention, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I started you know Google searching and trying to find things, yeah. and uh, really at that stage, so those about, about five years ago, you know, the domestic market of um, people looking to hire that type, those type of vehicles, just it, it wasn't focused at yeah. that market at all. Yeah, it was really focused on inbound tourism, so it was you yes. know focused on people coming from Europe, going yeah. on a holiday, and yeah flying into an airport, getting a vehicle, doing a trip, coming back. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that RV sector was uh, uh, roughly mm. about 80% inbound tourist focused um, yep. uh, in, in Australia. So, mm -hmm. you know, couldn't find anything. And every afternoon, you know, my wife and I talked about this holiday and, mm. um, you know, I just said, look, there's just nothing around. It's hard, hard to find something. Mm. And you just, I had this sort of realisation where every sort of 100 metres of passing a, a motorhome or a caravan parked on the side of the street. Yeah. And I just thought, it'd be good if you could just hire your neighbours like Airbnb. And yeah. that's sort of how the idea came about. And yeah. probably within a week of me ha saying that and having that idea, then, um, you know, found out there was an accelerator program on specifically yep. around yep. Uh, vehicles and road trips and that kind of thing. And, yep. and then that kind of all plugged together and applied yep. for that accelerator program and yep. got in and that was so it. So tell me about the whiteboard that you had. So I had about, when I just made the decision that I was going to, you know, leave the mm. previous startup, um, I, you know, basically would write down, you know, an idea, mm -hmm. you know, at least once a week. Yep. So, you know, I had had an idea, had a whiteboard with all the different ideas on it and, mm. you know, some, some basic sort of outline. Mm. And you know, I had about probably eight to 10 ideas up there that I, I thought, you know, could yep. work. Yep. Um, and, and Camplify was one of them. So, okay. um, yeah, I had a bunch of other other things. And you're a bit of a systems thinker. I mean, you, you, you're a scrum master, trained, mm -hmm. certified, uh, Cervix, uh, also uh, Microsoft certified. So you're quite systematic in the way that you, you formulate your ideas? Uh, I'm definitely from a business process point of view. Yeah. So, you know, I, I definitely think about business processes and how, yeah. that all, how those things 
work together and mm. um, how doing something over here will affect this customer and what you know how that will uh, I like to think about user thinking and how they will try and make the decisions yeah okay so to come back to our theme here and um, uh, you know the, the, the danger and opportunity side of crisis what are your thoughts about that because clearly in five years you would have been through danger and opportunity danger opportunity what as a, you know a startup mindset or innovation or entrepreneurship whatever the words are we use how, how do you approach that and how do you see that if you can bring that to sort of now, this period of now, the danger and opportunity, the balance. Yeah, I think for a start, we're very lucky that we're in our, the majority of our market share is Australia. So, yeah. you know, Australia is still 80% of our market. Yeah. Australia is going to get through this thing and get back to some normality of business fairly quickly, yeah. you know, in, in the whole time scale compared to other markets in the world. Yeah. I remember the first time we sort of debuted this idea at a, an RV show. Yeah. Um, and you know that was in 2015, yeah. um, and people saying to us, you know, every person shooting us down, that'll never work. Yeah. No one will ever do that. Yeah. No way I'd ever consider doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always use the one that someone told me. I'd rather rent my wife than my caravan. Um, <laughs> and so courageous, <laughs> interesting answer. Um, but you know, we, we, so we've gone from that yeah. um, in four years to. Yeah. You know, a recent survey that in the market that said that 75% of RV owners are considering doing this. Right. So, you know, we've gone through this huge evolution. Yeah. So, you know, right now we're a little bit back at, let's yeah. get back to some startup so, so, thinking. So when you approached it, it was, you were walking towards what was a dangerous idea. It was seen as a dangerous idea, yeah. but you saw the opportunity. Maybe that insight that you also spoke about where you took you know, a rough form of the idea to the marketplace? Remember when you went to that... that um, yeah, so we, we always do everything in an MVP style thinking, right. so uh, minimum viable product. Right. You know, how can we... Tell us more about that. Do then. something, uh, how can we test it, mm. see that it's working, get mm. some user feedback, yeah. do it as cheap and as easy as possible mm. just to see whether that's going to uh, work. Um, and then, um, you know, then we can look at actually investing some money into it once mm. we've got some user feedback we've you know mm. seen um the potential and the possibility in the market yeah. um before we do anything else really yeah. so yeah. um you know probably a, a good example of that right now um, yes is um you know we've looked at well uh, what are, what are our uh you know we've got this great platform for hiring rvs yeah uh, that works really well from a marketplace point of view yeah. um what else do our customers need yeah um what else um What's things going to look like on the other side of this for us? So uh, we know that um, there's a couple of different bits and pieces to this. We know that when we get out of this, domestic tourism is going to be a big, big thing for people. Mm -hmm. you know, 42% of people recently said that the first thing they're going to spend money on is, is a holiday. Mm. And holidays are going to be in your, in your own country for a little while. Mm. Um, so, and maybe not too far away from home. Maybe, yeah. yeah, that's right. So we've you know, just seen that in Perth over the weekend, uh, mm. Western Australia, that uh, you know mm. you can go in your own region mm. and, and have a camping trip. Yeah, okay, so right. It's gonna it's gonna continue to evolve over the next mm -hmm. few weeks, but um, that would mean for us that there's a whole heap of people that perhaps would not have considered going on one of these sort of trips, mm. will now go. Well, maybe I should do that. Mm. You know, this maybe this is a good option for me mm. to be able to pack everything into a vehicle. Yeah go on a trip, still have some luxuries at home, yeah. um, but, you know, be able to, you know, connect back with, you know, a bit of outdoor lifestyle. Yeah. So, you know, from our point of view, we're looking at that saying, 
what do those customers need? Right. And so we've seen uh, lots of times that our other customers, the owners of vehicles, you know, yeah. they also need products. Yeah. These customers over here need products. Yeah. So we've decided to launch a, a sales marketplace so people can sell equipment from okay. each other yeah. Yeah. as part of that. And so that, that will help both our owners who you know, have yeah. equipment, equipment to sell, yeah. uh, them who are looking for things, but also the hirers that mm. need things to go on this holiday. Mm. So mm. You know, we've been able to take an existing off-the-shelf piece of software, yeah. um, you know, done a 45-day trial with that software at no cost, okay. been able to configure it up yep. in a very basic way, yep. see how it would look, yep. contact some customers, yep. say, would you use this? How would you use it? Can you okay. go and trial it for us, see how yep. it works? And you know, we've been able to do enough of that configuration and feedback yeah. um, so that now we can say, all right, this is worth investing some money into. So back to the original principles and methods you used when you began yeah, exactly. business. And I guess for your overseas um, marketplaces, you're mm. going to have some sort of agility, I guess, to then say we can now we can take that cross here. Because I know that you spoke about the language and the translation journey, that that, yeah. that was interesting as well. So you're gonna have to revisit that. Correct, yeah, we, we do everything in the Australian market first before we do it in any other country because that's yeah. where we are and you know the bulk of our teams here we can start to build stuff here and then say right would that work for the UK would that work for New Zealand would that work for Spain yeah. and okay. spin it out from there. And are there, are there nuances differences in the customer behaviour in those markets? Yeah there is and you now there's different legislations there's different of course. Uh, vehicle types and yep. journey types yep. and you know different types of hire. And okay. So you got to tweak. You got to tweak your system for yep. each marketplace for the customers. Do you have a part-time business that you'd like to take full-time and beyond? Our experienced business advisors can support you in growing your area and making that big bang in business. Contact us at businesscentre.com.au. I want to come to our next theme, which is this this notion uh, of. A part of an economic theory, which I like, and, and I've, I've read a lot on, um, I find it fascinating that out of, um, and it's Schumpeterian theory of innovation that suggests disruption, and in disruptions, uh, we take advantage of the early rents available when there is destruction of markets. Well, there can be no truer representation of that than now. Mm. Industrial markets are, are, are in ruin and, yep. and destruction. So what are your thoughts about that concept of early rents? I certainly have a sense of it um, yeah. from, from my own business background, but, but what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, look, I think that there's, um, in every uh, thing that um, changes, there's an opportunity. Mm. Um, and so for us, it's going through that process mm. and feeling that pain and mm. thinking, well, mm. how's that gonna change? Mm. What's gonna be the new way of us being normal, yeah. um, not just as at our business, but as yeah. a society. Yeah. How long is it going to play for? Yeah. That's probably a little bit of the unknown at the moment is how long is it going to play for? So yeah. how much do you invest yeah. and, and, you know, until things come back to normal? Yes. So you know, for us, it's about trying to be in the best position we can be yeah. to be able to take advantage and get something. So you are space. already starting to define those that, that concept of some early markets. There's going to be new markets and you're trying to pick up through Correct. your testing, your, your iteration yep. on where they are That's without right. giving anything away commercially. Uh, and, and I guess for a lot, it would be re reasonably easy to assume some of them. But the, it, what, what sort of early markets uh, well, are you I seeing? I think um, the key, one of the key things that's going to happen is a change in behaviour of the type of way that we travel. Yep. There is going to be some time before you know, people in Sydney can go to the Gold Coast. Okay. So yep. what does that look like? And, and how do we provide some services around that yeah so yep. you know uh, does it mean that your holiday for the next six months is going to be within 
two hours of your house. Okay. Yeah. You know, how, and, and how do we take advantage of that and how yep. do we provide that, that solution, provide the way for someone to be able to plan that holiday? Yep. Okay. I've got some questions here. We might have a look at some of those, uh, if that's okay, uh, Justin. So sure. we'll just look at Dave's question there first. Dave, I have an idea for a mobile app. Got a quote from Melbourne developer for mm. big bucks. Yep. What should I consider before spending this money? P.S. I'm not a tech head. Yep. So you've probably heard this many times. I've got an app idea. What, what are your yeah. experiences? Yeah, look, there's lots of different ways you can build technology without it actually having to be a full-on app. Mm. There are some things that require absolute app capabilities, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's integrated with hardware or mm -hmm. you know, specific things that you have to do. But mm -hmm. uh, in many cases, um, you know, we like to use a combination of different web technologies that exi already exist. Okay, well, tell us more about um, that. So, you know, so for example, um, if you're collecting data, yep. there's there's a bunch of different form things you can use. So, you know, Typeform is a great example of that. Yep. It's off the shelf. You can build whatever forms you want to. You can make them look really nice. Mm -hmm. You know, it might cost about $30 a month. Mm -hmm. um, you can plug that into a um, uh, an existing web development uh, platform. Yep. Um, so there's some you know great um, off-the-shelf platforms like um, Bubble, mm -hmm. um, which yep. is a no-code yep. uh, website yep. platform that you can yep. you know kind of spend you know a week learning, yep. build something, and you can actually wrap that up in, into an what looks like an app, but it actually isn't an app. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, you can actually, you know, even go to the, the point of view of publishing that as an app, mm. but um, it's actually a website, just yeah. functions like an app. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting because we had another question there from Wendy about saying, people keep telling me that data is the new oil. How has data affected your business model? I guess you've touched on it a little bit, but yeah. with AI and automation of collection of data and algorithmic um, approaches to, to customer journeys, et cetera, yeah. what, what have you done there? Yeah, look, we've done um, lots of things around sort of understanding who the customer is, mm -hmm. um, understanding the customer wants and how they're functioning. Mm -hmm. Um, but our probably next evolution of that is sort of where's the customer wanting to go? Wow, predictive. So, yeah, yeah. being able to find that information out yeah. before it happens. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're working with some of the um, the tourism uh, authorities on that at the moment. Ah, oh, getting ahead. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, so. you were doing a lot, weren't you, during the bushfires, I guess, Correct. to talk about disruption. So what yep. were some of the things that you were doing in that space? Yeah, so um, uh, we had various levels of disruption during bushfires. Indeed. We had lots of people, you know, sit the South Coast, for example, which was yep. pretty hard hit, uh, is a very big destination for holidays mm -hmm. in New South Wales. Um, yep. And that happened right in peak holiday season. Yep. So we had lots of people that were going there that had to cancel. Um, yep. You know, we had lots of people that are owners and live in that area that were affected. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, you know, working with both of them in that, in that regards. Because there was a tension point there, wasn't there? I remember it clearly of come for holidays, no, don't come. Yes. No, oh, no yeah. it's safe, come now. Or don't, Correct. You know, so there was a lot of back and forward. So you started um, working with LGAs and with, with, with groups, didn't you, to That's say right. let's work yeah. together? Correct, yeah. About on, in the recovery process mm. we did with that. So... Mm. Um, you know, we started off with um, a program to get photographers into that region. Okay. So, um, you know, we, we basically provided all the all the vehicles, sent photographers ah. to start gathering a lot more information about, you know, this is yeah. the areas you can go to and that kind yeah. of thing as well. And that's what, uh, when we, last week in our, uh, on tourism, uh, I was interested with some of the information that our speaker, Will Creedon, shared 
in regard to Airbnb, how they'd introduced experiences into yep. the sale of their products. So they engaged five Olympians uh, who were able to give a very localised experience of, uh, this is my city, mm. this is my region, this is the bar I go to, you know, yep. this is the place I walk, this is where I go for a run. Yep. So are you looking at that as well, that experiential yeah, we, element? Yeah, we do that kind of with our, um, our owner community. So the I was community about to say, the other side of it. RV yeah. owners yep. to talk about, you know, sort of, uh, a lot of our holidays happen quite close to where the owners are. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's about providing the, you know, this is the best local fishing spot. Mm. This is the spot to go camping if you mm. want to go in this region that, yeah. you know, tourists yeah. don't know about or yeah. whatever that might be. And I noticed talking about Western Australia, that in Western Australia, they're going to be introducing mandatory training for hospitality workers yeah. as a strong signal that we've addressed risk here. Have you, are you looking at that as well? And yeah, um, we've actually... Um, in the process, just at the final end of you know, building a training module for our, our customers yep. um, to be able to, you know, look at what that look, looks like. Yep. And I think, um, you know, I think generally the whole sort of um, caravan camping industry mm. uh, will probably uh, mm. look at something around that as well. You can imagine, I was thinking before we were talking today, you would not only with the, the cleanliness and, and the safety of the vehicle that you're hiring, but indeed the site in which the vehicle will be taken to a park, there's going to have to be a whole industry response, isn't there, in there regards is. to that? Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I think, you know, um, in terms of recovery, it'll be one of the first tourism areas to recover because it is outdoors. Mm. There is a lot of space between people. Mm. And mm. In, in most cases, most people are self-contained. Social distancing could, could be managed if it, it yes. could be managed. Let's talk all things small business. For some practical advice and direction, DM us on Facebook or Instagram at The Business Centre. We've got a good question here from Chad, which sort of takes us back to this early rents concept and theme. So Chad asks, my business mentor keeps talking about the importance of understanding your value proposition. Mm -hmm. Is this important? Uh, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's definitely important. I think um, understanding, you know, kind of, but not just your value proposition, but your unique value proposition. Mm -hmm. So how are you different from competitors? Mm -hmm. But not just, you know, your product and services sometimes can be exactly the same as your competitors, but they might just be one thing that makes a big difference. Yep. So, you know, for us, we uh, saw a lot of competitors pop up very quickly, mm -hmm. but the big difference that we did was we nailed insurance. We made it really, really simple for people to be able to hire through their- And this was a barrier. Big barrier. Yep. And so, you know, being able to instantly be insured through our platform mm -hmm. um, and to be able to not have to go and change anything personally, mm. Uh, not have to um, worry about am I covered? Mm. You know, what, how does this work? Mm. Um, you know, be able to provide a really simple mm. way for people to be. And we've insured. spoken about this before. So that that that, that was um, it, it was a pivot for you, wasn't it? It was something that you didn't initially uh, conceptualise, was yes. it, at the beginning? So Correct. tell us more about how insurance came into the business model. Yeah, so it was something that um, you know we didn't really understand the insurance world and understand the impacts of what that would be on the on the customer mm -hmm. um, uh, so you know pretty quickly we started to work out that you know this was a big aspect of someone making that decision mm. and it was uh, something that you know dramatically impacted their ability to say yes to it because so, some of these vehicles are hundred fifty thousand right. dollars yep. yeah that's right I'm so give this to someone to drive around you know yeah absolutely so uh, and, and it was at a time, and it's changed a little bit in the last few years, but at, at that time, the insurance world didn't understand peer-to-peer -peer rental and hire mm. and how that mm. was going to impact them. So, you know, we had to go out and source our own insurance product. Um, we really? We had to have it built specifically for us. Yep. 
Um, and then we had to um, yeah, put some cash behind that to fund the, mm. the early stage mm. so that we were actually able to provide that to our customers. So essentially your startup or your, your business created a whole new insurance segment. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for, for us, that was one of our big, um, yep. you know, unique yep. products that we had and, and that value proposition. I'll just pop in another question. Sarah asks, how do you stay optimistic and driven during such trying times, bushfires and then COVID? What's, <laughs> what drives you? Um, uh, look, you know, I think the first couple of weeks were difficult, to be honest. You yep. know, um, yep. we built such a fantastic team mm-hmm. of people um, mm-hmm. and, you know, having the prospect of well how are these people going to how am I going to keep all these people together mm. because mm. Um, you know yes we're a, a software platform yes we have a great insurance product but really at the core of our business mm. is the people that run it yeah. um, so yeah. it's the development team it's the customer service team yeah. you know it's that, those people that provide yeah. really the edge over yeah. anyone else yeah. in, our, in our market so yeah. you know that was that was some challenging times to, to actually yeah. look through that process um, yeah. the, the job keeper package was massive for us yeah. um, that uh, really did help us yeah. you know there were some gaps in that but I'll come back to that yeah. but I think every time you know and being an entrepreneur and being a, a someone that's you know done a, a startup and yeah. gone through this process yeah. um, you know they always talk about sort of the highs and the lows yes. and and you yes. know quite often you get to the, the valley of despair yeah. um, <laughs> where you think oh what am I doing this is never going to yeah, work what did I do this, this is a massive failure yeah. so I've been through that many times yeah. and it doesn't last very long no. generally something will pop up it's probably a little bit longer than, than it yeah. has been in the past you know yeah. for me in the past it might have just been a couple of days and then yeah. all of a sudden something will happen yeah. and you know you go from right down down here to right up here because yeah. the total opposites happened. Yeah. But you know now the bushfires was a great example of actually I felt that was a, a bigger impact at that point mm. because mm. there was it was going to be a much longer recovery time for those mm. people. Mm. The motivation at that point is to help those people on our Stay platform. Stay in here. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's our responsibility. Yeah. We've built this product and this platform that these customers are reliant on. Yeah. How do we help them recover? Yeah. Um, so that was sort of our motivation around that. Yeah. This, I, I can see that the other side is going to be huge yeah. for us. It's yeah. going to be a massive boom time for domestic holidays. Yeah. It's going to be uh, enormous for the caravan camping industry. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, when you look at it over a, uh, an 18-month period, it will be a blip in yeah. some regards. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, you just kind of, kind of look at. Yeah. Well, now's an opportunity for us that have been a business that's been growing super super fast mm. we haven't got a chance to take a breath mm. we our some of our processes and software mm. and a bunch of things are sort of just hanging together because yeah. we have yeah. grown so fast yep so now's an opportunity to go and fix some of that stuff to consolidate uh, yep. consolidate and get ready for the next big boom. yep yep with regards to your technology and your innovation and your software writing your code do you have overseas partners and and, and how do you pull all those elements together, being an IT-based startup or you know existing company that? Yeah, we, we've gone through um, various different iterations of that. Um, the onshore, offshore, yeah, a combination, everything. Yeah. So um, you know, we started out with you know one developer here mm-hmm. part time, yeah. and then uh, you know he was a university student, yep. Um, yep. Uh, and then you know we then took on a couple of resources overseas, mm-hmm. uh, managed them, mm-hmm. uh, then we added in. Know, a sort of hybrid approach, which is mm-hmm. overseas plus here, mm-hmm. and, and now it's sort of evolved to a full team here. Yeah. So, 
the, the overseas resources, um, you know, they did, they did a good job, but they just didn't nail it quite 100%. Can we have a little bit of a talk about that? Because in one of my businesses, it was the same thing. Um, yep. You're certainly looking at efficiencies, productivities, cost, uh, with regards to uh, code writing and, and platform development. However, uh, at some point, for me, it was a loss of translation. The, the effort and the work and the productivity was there, yep. but it was in when you've got a system that's so nuanced yep. and so subtle. Um, yep. How did you manage that part of, of, of that? Yeah, look, I think they, they were great to be able to do that thing that we mentioned before about the MVP stuff. Yeah. So a smaller investment, yeah. able to prove that the model's working, uh-huh. seeing some growth happening in it, seeing some revenue, yep. and then saying, right, now we've really got to hone in, hone in, yeah. do, do it better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that being someone that's managed software developers before. Mm. Um, and yeah. what's that like? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, can, it's uh, a good process, can be challenging. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was always kind of seen myself as someone who sort of operates between the business world and the software world. Yeah. So being able to sort of translate that into what... So how did you do that? How did I physically like, deal yeah, with... How, yeah, you know, how did you deal as a, as a project, a business project? How did you deal with the, the, you know, the software world and the software developers and that world that it is? Yeah. And then the, the card realities, commercial realities of facing it out there and making an income on it. Yeah, well, it's also understanding that um, software developers generally are people that won't challenge you. So wow. I've, I've found that quite a lot. Um, is that um, as a business person, if you say, oh, this is what I wanted to do, um, how long do you think it might take? And, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, you try to get a software developer to give you a, mm. a understanding of it's going to take this, this long. Mm. Um, it's never that long. <laughs> <laughs> so you've kind of got to go through the process a bit more and yeah. say, like, talk me through how you're going to do this. Yeah. So let's talk about the first piece, which is the design. Yeah. What are the things we've got to design? Yeah. How many screens are there? What are they going to look like? Yeah. How's it going to flow together? Yeah. How does it all work on a yeah. piece of paper, essentially? Yeah. Then to be able to then conceptualise that into some framework, how yeah. long is that piece going to take? Yeah. Then to build each one of these screens, right? How much? How long? How many days is this screen going to take? How long is it mm. going to take? How long is it going to take? And mm. sort of go through all that process. And lots of times I've had software developers say to me, "Oh yeah, that's easy. I can get that done." Yeah. Um, but you know. Easy for me might mean, okay, I'm going to have it done in a day. Yeah. Easy for them might mean it's going to take me three months. Yeah, okay. So it's yeah. understanding those very different nuances because yeah. Yeah. You know, every day you're, you're having that thing developed, you're essentially burning money. Yes. So indeed. it's understanding, well, yeah. how much am I prepared to burn? How much is the actual burn going to take to be able to build that thing? Which this kind of takes us to our next question, this whole concept of design and, and customer experience and that, that whole principle in this current crisis and assuming that building the right solution and having the right user experience in mind, what insights further to that would you have, you know, that you've learned on, on, on getting this bit right now, build it, but build it right, you know? What, what, what's your thoughts? I think there's a combination of things there. I think um, there's definitely a need to understand who your customer is and what they're doing, mm. but there's also an acceptance that you don't have to solve it for everybody. Okay, so, that's a good insight. Um, you, you have various different levels in your business that you go through. Yeah. So the first part might be a very niche set of customers that mm. you only might ever have a hundred of those, mm. but they might be the very early adopters in the core to your business mm. and you only need to solve it for them. That's a good insight. So the yeah. rest of the customers will find it difficult. They yeah. won't use it. They'll yeah. complain, whatever it might be, yeah. but it kind of doesn't matter. 
yeah. because you just want to be able to solve that thing for those set of customers. Yeah, I think I agree with that. My own experience of that with, with what we had was we were trying to be a solution for everyone, but as soon as we found that that bright spot moment when it was, we just we can do this for these people. We yep. can't do this for everyone. Okay. Once that you can't, you cannot solve for everybody. Yeah, um, ha having a piece of software that is a um, consumer platform that anyone can use. Yeah, you know we see that all the time. Yes. You know we'll have customers that have come along and go, oh, I don't like the way this works. I don't like the way that works, mm. and which sometimes is really good feedback. Yeah, but then you know the reality is that we've got thousands and thousands you of customers. You can't rebuild the whole platform for one Correct. one perspective. Yeah. Yep. If you're enjoying our podcast today, make sure you rate and review Business Big Bang Theory through iTunes and follow and share us on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at The Business Centre. Okay, we've got another question here and we're getting towards a close on our webcast. Julie asks, as Australian tourism will be focusing on domestic travel, will you look at expanding your business platform to support and advertise other small tourism businesses? Not advertise, but definitely support. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think the whole reason you go on a road trip yep. is not just about going camping. No. It's about all the things that you do along the way. And yeah. uh, it's about, you know, the, the best pie shop that you go to. It's about, yeah. you know, the um, all those different experiences. So we want to incorporate that yep. um, into the whole yep. kind of way that we're promoting. Yep. Um, so we did a bit of a trial with one of those not too long ago. Yep. Um, uh, we sent... Um, a couple of people up to the uh, the Warren Bungles and did a, yep. a whole sort of trip around yep. there and documented the whole trip. Yep. And we're going to be launching that as a, as a series pretty soon to sort Beautiful. of show people yeah. that that process of yeah. you know coming from Sydney, where do you go to? What are the things you can do and see? And yeah. you know why would you go there? You know what are the things? There's a you know fantastic local distillery and there's yeah. you know amazing local produce that you can see and art galleries and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That those real insights. Yeah, that yeah. you know someone that. Uh, you know, is in Sydney and their general holiday yeah. may be to, you know, uh, go to Thailand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's reconnect with those things and the places wow. that exist locally. Yeah. So. And you're going to be able to do that through the platform and through your AI and, and through Correct. hitting people at the right moment with that information. Yep. Okay. We're at the point where we'll start to wrap up, but we always ask for a tip or two about our topic for the day. So for innovation and, and for starting a business or formulating an idea, what would be your your tip or tips that you could give us and leave yeah, well, with us? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've gone back to the, the principles of the lean canvas in the last couple of weeks um, and, you know, looked at what are the, the pieces that we want to add into our business, you know, mm -hmm. what are the new products we want to build. And yep. um, so, you know, I picked up that lean canvas and yep. took the idea and then yep. looked at, you know, who are the competitors, yep. uh, what's stopping it from happening, yep. what's the unique value proposition of that, yep. of that product. Yeah. Um, uh, what are going to be the, you know, how's it going to be financed, how are the negative, what are the positive, so, you know, just yep. building that one-page yep. business plan of that product. Yeah. Um, and then proving to myself that, yes, this is, is something. Yeah. Um, taking it to my, one of my mentors, getting their feedback. Yeah. Um, and then building out the financial model from there. I like it a lot. <clears throat> I think it's so important, isn't it, at the beginning, and something that we share with you is have a methodology and there are methods out there mm. to help you really chase an idea through. You don't yes. just have it have it washing around as a conceptual thing. There really are disciplines that can be applied to an idea like Lean Canvas or a business model canvas where you can really say, well, this is a formed view of what the product is. This is the customer segment. Here are the underpinning revenue and costs and here are the key partners, etc. You can bring all the elements together and you're yep. doing that now. Mm. That's, that's you're going right. back to those principles. Yep. 
Yeah, good to hear. Mm. Justin, thank you so much. We really appreciate that you've given your time to us at a time like this. So that's that's very much appreciated. And you're a very generous person, as we all know, anyway here with helping others. So if anyone would want to contact you, they can contact us. And if we're able to pass their details on and you can help, we'll certainly do that. Yeah, but it's time me. for me to say goodbye for today and, and thank Justin's I have. Um, I'd just like to wind up innovation that, uh, and I guess, it is a time that lets us go beyond the pandemic and disruption to a future where the crisis is no longer here. And as you've uh, you know, intonated, it's time for the emergence of new products and service mm. models, which is what you're looking at. But I guess we'll have some sort of link, won't we, to this time that it's created a whole range mm. of new ways of doing what we do. But on the other side, as you said, and we agree, the clouds will go away, the storm will pass and, and we'll move on. If you'd like to find out more about uh, the Business Connect program, or if you'd like to find out more about us and what we do and how we can help, uh, go to Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or just Google Business Connect, and you're able to register for Business Connect. The New South Wales government uh, is able through this program to support people at whatever stage, and it's a highly subsidised program, a great place to go anywhere in New South Wales. We'll close off there today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast. Do you know someone we should talk to? Do you have an idea for a topic we should cover? Or would you like to be featured on an upcoming show? Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email with podcast as the subject line to info at businesscentre.com.au.